1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 38, and today we are talking about books released on January 26, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow all-redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Yes, we are. I'm coming to you
0: from a snow fort in Virginia. I'm so jealous! We always you get snow be. in Maine. Why did we not get snow? It's so this dumb. This is the most snow I have seen in Richmond in my nearly a decade living here. It started at like 10 o'clock on Friday morning and it didn't really stop until about 10 o'clock on Saturday night. And we got, in my neighborhood, we got about 15 inches. Um, it was so good. I wore pajamas and made chili and I read so many, well, I I only really finished a couple of the books that I was in the process of reading but then I picked up some other ones and I got so I got like so much good reading time and it was really excellent I'm having a little trouble with this whole being an adult having a work day thing today but I'm glad that we're together at least you don't have to drive that's true. I don't have to drive. Amanda I'm, was talking
1: about how, like, because she's in in Richmond as well, like mm-hmm. how much snow she has and how she can't drive it in it. And somebody's like, "Why didn't she learn how to drive in it?" She's like, "Why learn something you only have to do once in your <laughs> lifetime?"
0: Yeah, too. it's also not even about learning how to drive in it here. That like the neighborhood streets Richmond has so few snowplows that the neighborhoods just never really get plowed. So unless you have the kind of vehicle that can just roll over you know 15 inches of snow and not have you land in someone's front yard it's just not even worth it oh uh, yeah just I stay home it. put on your footie pajamas
1: i love it now that i never have to leave the house but i do feel bad for everyone else who does have to go out yeah. but it's kind of awesome when it's like up to your windows and so
0: it was cool. it was very cozy it was perfect for reading yay uh it feels like we're in the middle of big book season here again.
1: Oh, my goodness. It Today is mental, and next week is even mentaler, which is a word I just made up. <laughs> it's real. We're going with it. <laughs> it. There's so many good books. So many good books. So do you want me to kick it off? Because I'm really excited to tell you about this first book. That would be lovely. Go for it. Okay. The first book is called All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. And it's so awesome. It's this amazing Sciencey fantasy magical novel. Um, it's Charlie and Anders is the editor in chief of io9.com, so she knows her, her sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. and it's so so good. It's like a cross between like *Roll Doll* and *The Magicians*. I
0: sort ah. of I sort of
1: felt. Um, it's about these two kids. Well, it starts off with these two kids. One's named Patricia, and she has just recently learned that she has magical powers. Um, she can talk to the birds. But then her powers quickly leave her, and, and she's kind of alone, and, and her family's a mess. Um, and then there's Lawrence, who is a genius at science. He's he's a really amazing, and he loves rockets and building things and all the stuff. He made a two-second time travel machine, so you can jump like two seconds into the future. He's working on it, you know, like longer. And then you jump ahead, more than two seconds, uh, and they meet years later. They're at a, at a school um, where they bond over being outcasts. They're... Uh, fellow classmates are just absolutely horrible Um, and then it jumps again to San Francisco Uh, I should say like, there's something that happens that kind of separates them when they're younger and so now you're in San Francisco, Patricia has graduated from a secret magic academy um, and Lawrence is the country's most brilliant engineer and there's this sort of predicted event that was talked about in their childhood that is headed their way um, and they must combine their different skills to fight it and it's just really, really fun. I loved it. I loved it so much. It's very funny. Um, the and the parents are are horrible. Like it's like a real doll book in that. Like the adults are just mm. awful. You know, they're awful. Uh, their classmates are ghastly. And Patricia's sister is a straight up like psychopath, which is
0: hilarious. And <laughs> Always fun to it, read.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just really fun and. It it seems to be a standalone, but I would not be sad if there was another one or seven. So again, it's called "All the Birds in the Sky"
0: by Charlie Jane Anders. And speaking of the magicians, if you loved the series by Lev Grossman, which I did, the um, TV show premieres this week on the Sci Fi Channel. I watched the pilot of it last night because there's a preview airing on our cable company. And it's great. They um, fast forward it up. So Quentin and all of his friends are going at, like their graduate school age. They're in their early 20s rather than being 18 and going into college. And you can do some more interesting things with characters of that age than you can do with teenagers. I really, really enjoyed it. So um, keep an eye out for that if you're into book related TV. Um and speaking of books, but not my first pick this week, we need to thank our first sponsor. Feverborn by number 1 New York Times best-selling author Karen Marie Moning is back. Uh this is the exciting new book in her epic Fever series. Uh and in it, it may be winter, but things are heating up. Which just is like the perfect tagline, especially for the fact that there's a bajillion feet of snow outside my house. Uh, so in Feverborn, Mac, Barons, Riotin, and Jada are back. Uh, if you're into the Fever series, you know who these characters are. The stakes have never been higher or the chemistry hotter. Uh, this hurdles us into a realm of labyrinthine intrigue and consummate seduction. Feverborn is a riveting tale of ancient evil, lust, betrayal, forgiveness, and of course, the redemptive power of love. Uh, this is set in Dublin, which was once a normal city possessing a touch of ancient magic, but now in Feverborn, it is treacherously magical and only has a touch of normal. The streets are war-torn, and Mac is going to come face-to-face with her most savage enemy yet, herself. Uh, Karen Marie Moning's fellow number one New York Times bestselling author Sylvia Day says, no one does it better. You can read Feverborn, of course, the exciting new book in the Epic Fever series. It's available now, or visit feverbornbook.com to learn more. We'll also have a link for you in the show notes. So thank you to Feverborn and Karen Remoning for sponsoring this week. Okay, my first pick. This is one that I've been excited about for months Mm -hmm. and I've just been making myself hold off and read it around release day so that it would be fresh. It's called The Unfinished World and Other Stories. It's a collection by Amber Sparks. This is my early contender for favorite short story collection of the year, but I know that there will be many more so I'm going to hold off. It's going to be in my top group of collections. I can tell. This is, oh, it's so wonderful. These stories are dark and strange and just unsettling. Um, I saw Karen Russell's name get tossed around in the comps for it. And I don't think that that's actually like quite accurate. Karen Russell is just sort of weird and embraces her weird. But the unfinished world feels it feels like you're dreaming the whole time that you're reading like you're not in this world, you're in some other world that's just a little like hazy around the edges, but where all of these strange things feel completely believable. Um, Many of the stories are much less about the plot or the narrative than about establishing this scene uh, or a vignette and giving you a sense of who the characters are in a very compressed period of time. Uh, There's one about a girl who is a witch and all of her brothers are swans. And then they turn, they can turn back into boys, but they're essentially bewitched and turned into swans. There's one about a janitor in space. There's one about what happens to Sir Lancelot when he and his men get transported into the jungle and are like questing through a sweaty tropical area. Uh, there's one about a person who grows up in a community where werewolf season is the big thing that everyone is raised um, to look forward to hunt for. And there's one about a time pirate. Uh, this, this guy's job is to they stop people who want to travel back in time and change the future and the past. It's just, there are just such creative ideas that drive these stories and the language in them is so, so beautiful. I don't underline a lot when I'm reading fiction, but I kept pausing just to underline line gorgeous sentences um at points it feels almost like sci-fi or almost like fantasy there's definitely a tinge of those magical and surreal and futuristic things that come in to the stories but they're so grounded in their characters humanity um Even though the characters are often just totally untethered from reality, they're so good. I don't really know how to articulate um, better what this collection was. It was like having a really incredible dream for a couple hundred pages. Um, And again, the collection is The Unfinished World and Other Stories by Amber Sparks. I think we're going to be hearing a lot about that this year. I think so, too. Also, the book itself is really beautiful. The cover's gorgeous. It's um, a paperback original, I believe. Yeah, let me check. I'm holding it. Yes, it's a paperback original. The cover is beautiful. It has French flaps and deckled edges. Like It will just ring a bunch of your book lover bells, and it's so good. Yes. What's up next week? Speaking for you? of
1: so good. Ooh, hey there. Uh, I'm going to talk about a book called Good on Paper by Rachel Cantor. Uh, She wrote a book that I loved called *A Highly Unlikely Scenario. These are both published by Melville House, who I love. There's lots of love going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, This is about a woman named Shira Green. She has a Ph.D. in Dante's *Vita Nuova. Like, I don't even think I'm saying that right, and I had to look it up to see if it was even a real thing. But if you're into Dante, you probably know what it is. Uh, Anyway, to put it mildly, it doesn't get her any jobs, uh, having that (laughs) kind of a specialized Ph.D., So she's stuck taking these, like, really ridiculous, lousy temp jobs all the time. She has ill-advised love affairs. She's kind of one of those people that burns bridges, like, while standing on them, you know? Oh, no. And she lives with her best friend, Ahmad, and her seven-year-old daughter, Andrea. Uh, Andrea was the result of a fling when she was in India, and she moved in with her friend, Ahmad. Um, He's gay, but he put his name down as the father on her birth certificate because he's a professor, so now when Andrea grows up, she can get a free education, Um, And and they live in uh, the university housing. And they have kind of like this happy little family, except for the part where she hates all her jobs. And one day she gets this fax. So I should tell you, it's 1999, so she gets a fax. (laughs) (laughs) And it's from somebody who wants her to translate uh, his work. And it's supposedly this very famous Nobel Prize winning Italian poet. He just won the Nobel Prize the year before. um, And he's asking her to translate his new book. And she's like, this is a joke. This is obviously a joke. And she keeps ignoring these faxes. And so finally he calls her and he convinces her, you know, that it is indeed him. And and she should take this job and he'll give her all this money. And all of a sudden it seems like her life is turning around and things are going to get better. And she starts patching up friendships and she's trying to decide what she's going to do with all this money. But the book, the thing about his book is that he says he needs it to be done before Y2K, you know, Mm. before the year 2000. Um, And this is, like, the middle of the summer. But, like, why is he taking so long getting it to her? And, you know, what's the real deal with him? Like, why did he pick her? And, um, you know, in between that, you know, there's all these other things going on in her life. And her daughter is really precocious and adorable and hilarious. And the whole book itself is just extremely funny. Like, Rachel Cantor is very funny. And I just, I loved it. It's so different and fun. And, yeah, that's it. It's called Good on Paper by Rachel Cantor. Are you ready for something
0: a little steamy now? (laughs) Okay. Just a little steamy. No, no, I'm really Um, excited
1: about this one. Go for it. Yeah,
0: my next pick is Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins. Um, She is a beloved romance writer, and I had the great fun of meeting her and hearing her speak at Book Riot Live, but I had never read Beverly Jenkins, and I feel like this is a key part of any romance reader's romance education, um, especially if you're reading contemporary romance writers. So I'm really excited that I finally picked up one of her books and that it's out today. Um, Forbidden is set in... In 1870, uh, the main character is Eddie Carmichael, and she is a free black woman. She was born free, um, who is trying to make her way to California to open a restaurant. Uh, along the way, though, she takes a ride from an unsavory gentleman who is posing as a priest. Um, they get sort of out into the desert, and then he tries to take advantage of her and leaves her for dead. Uh, and she is rescued by none other than Rhine Fontaine, who is a um, black man, a former slave, who now is uh, one of the wealthiest and most important citizens in the small town where she finds herself and he is the son of a woman who was a slave and the man who was her master Um, so he is half black half white and he passes as white he lives as this wealthy important business person in his small town as a white man no one knows that he's black Um, Eddie meets Ryan Ryan takes her back uh, to his home to help her convalesce and recover from her dangerous experience and ultimately Sets her up um, at a boarding house that's run by another black woman in town. Um, Eddie is attracted to Ryan, Ryan is attracted to Eddie, but they can't be together because she is black and everyone thinks that he is white. Um, and so, as romance novels go, uh, they try to fight their attraction for each other and then they have to overcome the challenges of their attraction for each other and the big question is will they get together and will it be public will Ryan uh, how will Ryan solve that problem is he going to come out as a black person are they going to have a secret relationship will they just defy social conventions and um, present themselves as having a mixed relationship you just don't know Um, so there's really interesting history stuff going on in the book and look Looking at race and society, and it's really fascinating to think about how far and also how not far at all we've come since 1870 um, in approaching relationships and in talking about race publicly. And Beverly Jenkins handles those issues very smoothly, weaving them into this, you know, romance novel that is mostly light and really fun to read. Um, and it is a romance, so it has a happily ever after. Kissing they do. Parts. And- It does have some kissing parts. They do end up together. Um, As romance novels go, this one is pretty, I guess, gentle is the term that I would use. Like, there are a few kissing parts. There's nothing really explicit on the page. The screen fades to black when uh, the boning is going to happen. Oh, that word. Huh? (laughs) That word. PG, yeah. (laughs) It's PG. Um, When the sexy times are going to happen, the screen fades to black. Um, I tend to prefer steamier romances where the action starts sooner in the book and then there's more of it on the page. Um, But reading Beverly Jenkins was really enjoyable just for the experience of reading her and for how well told the story is. If you are a romance reader who is in it, mostly for the love story, um, you will dig Forbidden. Uh, I'm really happy that I have read Beverly Jenkins and I know that it won't be the last time and that is Forbidden. She was so awesome at Book Riot Live. She's just such a force. Yeah, she was great. She's so smart and interesting. Um, just a really cool woman. Uh, okay, before you go to your next pick, we should probably, since we're on the on the topic of, you know, adult things, maybe we should move on to our next sponsor. All right, I'm ready. Okay, Third Love is back. We've been talking about them and their 24-7 t-shirt bra recently. It is the most comfortable t-shirt bra. In fact, I have persuaded myself while reading these ad spots and I ordered one last week. Nice job! occupational hazards do not include just buying books on impulse. Um, The Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra is super smoothing. It should go invisible under any outfit that you're wearing. And the cups are made out of memory foam, so it will mold to your shape to give you a truly perfect fit. While I'm waiting to get mine in the mail, and who knows how long it's going to take to get here with all this snow, uh, Liberty, I know you received a 24-7 t-shirt bra from Third Love, and I have no doubt that you have some things to tell us about it.
1: I do. My bra and I have been together for two weeks now. It's very serious. We changed our Facebook statuses, um, and I have imprinted on it, like literally imprinted on it, because it has memory foam. Um, although you don't notice it, I was expecting like memory foam to have padding, but there's nothing there. It's just like magic. Um, but my magic memory foam has seen some stuff. Like the only way it's erasing these memories is if it has one of those eternal sunshine of the spotless mind operations. <laughs> But, I, you know, I joke. But seriously, it is the most comfortable bra. Like, I don't even notice that I have it on. The bras I normally wear are super medieval. They're uncomfortable, and they squeeze, and the underwire seems to be made of the same stuff as Wolverine's claws. Um, and I hate them. I really hate them, but I have to wear a bra, or it looks like I have a hammerhead shark under my shirt. Um, <laughs> but my third love bra is so comfortable. It really is. It's, like, made of magic. I think it even says it on, the ma- on like, the label. It says, like... Made of fabric and magic and Idris Elba's chest hair. Um, well, okay, one of those things is true. But it's it's just beautiful. I really love it. And the, and the straps look like ribbon candy.
0: Anyway, I could just keep going on and on about it. But you're going to find out soon for yourself? I'm really excited. I'm all about the tagless hook and eye part too like I'm perpetually I wear tank tops a lot in the warm weather and I'm perpetually like tucking the stray tag of my bra um, back in trying to get it to behave so the fact that the hook and eye part is tagless and that it's foam padded is really exciting to me Um, we've talked about having cup spillage but I think both of us lean more toward the side of having our cups runneth over than our cups gaping but I'm stoked about a bra that's going to hold everything in uh, and and third love stands behind this product so much that they're willing to let all the books listeners try this bra for free. We've heard from a bunch of you who have already done this, um, so please continue to let us know. It's really fun that this sort of like a cabal of uh, bookish women are now getting awesome bras. So you're gonna get a free trial offer. You pay just one dollar for shipping. You wear the bra for 30 days. You can imprint on it and it can imprint on you. You take the tags off, you wear it, you can wash it, you know, do all the things you would normally do with your bra to get a feel for whether this is a bra that you want to commit to long-term. If you love it, you keep it. Third level, charge your card for it. If you don't love it, you just send it back. You can forget about your brief fling and your card will not be charged. Uh, go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started, and if you don't know your size, an online fit specialist will help you find the perfect fit. I can't emphasize enough, just do this part, like you might think you know your bra size, but Oprah was not wrong when she started telling us all those years ago that most women are wearing the wrong size bra. I went last week to a fancy shop in Richmond and got measured, and I have been wearing the r- wrong bra size for like half a decade. Um, it was very eye-opening, so I have ordered my Third Love bra in the correct size, I I cannot wait. Just let them help you figure out your correct size and let your bras make you happy. Again, go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started with your free trial offer. I'm going to need a minute to recover from the hammerhead shark joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, while you do that, I will talk about something else that starts with B-O-O, and that is <laughs> Bookshelf by Lydia Pine. Um, Bloomsbury has this amazing series called Object Lessons. They're these adorable little books. They're kind of like the 33 and a third series. And oh, yeah. Their tagline is a book series about the hidden lives of ordinary things, um, and they have like very specific topics. Uh, off the top of my head, there's remote control, golf ball, bread, hair, hood, blanket, driver's license. Saying bread and hair together just made my stomach go ooh. Um, <laughs> anyway, but this one could not be any more of an epic nerd prayer for me. It is called "Bunch." Bleh, I can't talk. I'm so excited. It's called "Bookshelf" by Lydia Pine. And in it, she examines the bookshelf throughout history, starting with, like, the uh, libraries of Elba, in which they used to keep clay tablets on the shelves. Also, I was thinking about that, and, like, you drop
0: a book, and it's like, well, you know, pick it up. But, like, you drop a clay tablet, and it's like, all that work, gone. Or, like, that book you got a concussion from earlier this year would have just straight up knocked you out as a clay tablet.
1: Yeah. But, like, can you imagine? Like, they must have been You'd be very, done. very, like, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't touch that, you know, like tablets i can't even imagine the person who sat there all that time and scratched that stuff on there Mm -mm. um but she talks about like the revolving bookshelves in asia to the chain bookshelves in europe where they used to like literally chain books to the shelves partly to keep people from stealing them and partly to like kind of limit who gets to read what um you know brings it right up to present day uh she talks about the roman poet cicero who has that very famous quote a room without books is a body without a soul she gets philosophical And Talks about how Henry Petrosky once said, you know, is an empty bookshelf an oxymoron? And she sort of explores what it means for something to be a bookshelf. Like, if it doesn't have books on it, is it a bookshelf or is it just a shelf? Um, Chapters include How to Read a Bookshelf, Secret Shelves, (laughs) Secret Shelves and Secret Rooms, my favorite, and Books Without Shelves and Bookless Libraries, in which she discusses, like, what it means to have e-books now and the future of bookshelves. It's super awesome and fun. And... Yeah, are you you recovered now? Yes, I think I can handle it now. Yeah, it's like you went dead for a second. I'm like, oh, she fainted.
0: Um, (laughs) All right, well,
1: awesome. So that was Bookshelf by Lydia Pine. And now it's
0: your turn. Uh, speaking of secret histories of everyday things, my next pick is Inventology by Pagan Kennedy. This is part history of inventions that changed the world and part sort of a macro look at what are the things that inventors who come up with these ideas have in common? How do they think about things? What kind of experiences do they have? And ultimately, you can kind of extrapolate for yourself if you want to be an inventor or an innovator, um, what kinds of experiences. Experiences you might need to give yourself uh, in order to get there. It's really fascinating. You learn about how um, those baskets that people use to pick up tennis balls from the court without having to bend over, you know, like where you just hold the basket that has the holes in it and you press it down and then the tennis ball pops up. Um, how that got invented. You learn about the like invention and long development of 3D printers, which is much more involved than I thought and is fascinating. Um, you learn about the invention of CD players, which came about because there was this invention lab in California in the 60s or 70s before um, LSD was a regulated and uh, illegal drug where this guy built a lab and basically just got people rolling on LSD all the time. All these inventors just hung out and they did LSD uh, and they were listening to music and the sound of the needle getting stuck in the groove of a record drove one of them in his LSD high, just kind of bonkers. And so they came up with like... What if you could play music with a stream of light instead of a needle in a groove? And that's how the idea of reading um, music off of a CD with a laser came about. Um, The book is packed with those kinds of things. And then Pagan Kennedy draws the connections between, okay, here's how this guy came up with this invention. And here is the context about his life or or her life or the professional experience this person had that made them most likely to solve this problem. Really interesting stuff, especially if you're interested in the hard sciences and actual physical inventions of things. Um, When I read these like history of innovation or theory of innovation books, I tend to like for my personal interest, I tend to lean towards like, how can I think about things in a new way? Or like, what kinds of questions could I ask myself um, to get to new ideas? Because I'm not actually inventing things you can hold in your hands. That's not part of my job. Um, so this was lighter on that, but still totally fascinating and gave me a lot of the um, elbowing Bob, like, hey, hey, did you know this is how this thing came? This is how this thing got invented. I did you hear about this books. <laughs> Yeah. It was really interesting. Um, a great book, you know, to start off the new year and thinking about, you know, what projects are you going to work on this year? What problems are you trying to solve and how might you do that? I just really love uh, this kind of thing. If you're into Steven Johnson's books about, invention and innovation you probably like this one as well again it's Inventology by Pagan Kennedy
1: for my last pick I'm kind of cheating and doing two because these books are both out in paperback today and I didn't get to talk about them because the podcast hadn't started <laughs> before and I love them and the first one is God Help the Child by Toni Morrison yay um, I'm so embarrassed to say this is only like the third Toni Morrison book I've read I, I really need to catch up but um, that means you so, so
0: many more to go
1: that is true that's true Um, It's about a woman named Bride, who is the absolutely stunning owner of a cosmetics firm. Um, She is in love with a man named Booker, but due to mostly her fault, uh, he has left her. Um, And so she decides that she's going to drive down to the south and see him, like where he's staying. Um, And on the way, she's going to confront... Well, she's not going... She hasn't decided this. Like, she will confront decisions she has made in her past, um, as well as her mother, who denied her pretty much her whole life because uh, Bride is a very dark-skinned woman and her mother is very light-skinned and it caused a lot of problems for her mother um, unfairly. Um, And as she's driving, Bride's body begins experiencing these really weird changes. Like, that was very interesting, like something unexpected. Um, And it may only be through righting her wrongs that she can get herself back. So uh, it's a really intense book. It's about suffering and trauma Um, and how people project their traumas onto others and the various ways pain can manifest itself. But it's also really interesting,
0: and it's about love, and I think, did you read it? I did. I've read all of Toni. She's one of my favorites. I figured as much. Um, It's her most contemporary novel. Usually she writes um, further back in the past, so it's interesting to see her work in relatively contemporary times, too. Yeah.
1: My other pick is called Glow by Ned Bowman. Um, he wrote one of my very favorite books called The Teleportation Accident, which has my absolute favorite ending. That and Zero Bill are my two favorite endings of a book ever. Um, this one is, takes place in London, and it's about a guy named Raf who just doesn't sleep. So he spends his days walking a dog uh, for the local radio station, and at night he goes to raves. And at these raves, everyone is trying to get their hands on Glow, which is a new fabulous super drug. Um, it's just like super bonkers. This book is insane. There's a pirate radio station, and there's kidnappings and conspiracies, and the foxes in the area behave like weirdos. Um, <laughs> it's just like this really druggy, rave fueled pot boiler, and it's super super funny. But like, it's not for everyone. Like, it's if you like Thomas Pynchon, this is the book for you. Um, it's so weird and
0: awesome. And again, that one is called Glow by Ned Bowman. I'm taking a page from your book and doing a twofer of paperback releases for my last <laughs> segment today because these are two of my favorite books from last year. I've talked about both of them on the show, and they are both out in paperback. Uh, the first is *A Little Life* by Hanya Yanagihara. Um, if you have been listening to this show or paying attention to books at all in the last year, you have heard about this book. It is huge, uh, physically and emotionally. It's about four young men who graduate from college together and then move to New York and live their lives for the next several decades. Um, and it is mostly about one of them named Jude, who had a very difficult, traumatic childhood that his friends don't really know anything about, but that's that has shaped his adult identity and his adult life uh, in just countless and unavoidable, inescapable ways. And Yanagahara slowly rolls out for us all that that entailed and all that it means for Jude's present life. It is probably the most emotionally demanding books that I've ever read. Um, but there, for me at least, there was huge payoff. Um, if you have triggers around self-harm or emotional and physical abuse or child abuse, be warned. Uh giant trigger warning for A Little Life and there's been much written about that so um, if you're on the edge or you're not sure you can Google and find out um, for me it was a very challenging difficult read that I had to keep walking away from and taking deep breaths but then ultimately it kept pulling me back um, and I continue to think of it uh, think about it and you know what effect that book had and how uncommon it is to have a reading experience like that um, now that it's in paperback it's easier to carry around it would be a really interesting book club choice. Um, Not everybody's going to love it, so you can definitely have some good arguments in your book club. And if you want something lighter and more fun, I think my favorite or one of my favorite short story collections and one of the funniest books I read last year, Single Carefree Mellow by Katherine Heine, is also out in paperback. Uh, This is stories about contemporary women dealing with dating and love and sex and relationships and their friendships. And every piece is just delightful and kind of ridiculous in its own grounded in reality way. Um, These were just so much fun to read. And it's been I think I read Single Carefree Mellow as my first book of 2015. So it's been more than a year now since I read it. And I still think about these stories pretty frequently. I'm just an excellent pick. It's a short little book. If you're trying to find a way into reading short stories, this would be a great place to start. And that again, a Single Carefree Mellow by Catherine Heiney. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. those are our picks next week and a couple twofers of paperback releases. But what are you gonna read now? I'm gonna
1: read a book that we talked about last week that we both really, really wanted to read and did not have, and now I have it. And it is called Weathering by Lucy <sighs>
0: Wood. The jealousy.
1: Yeah, but when I'm done, I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. I'm gonna draw like little things in the margins and I'm gonna start sending notes to
0: Bloomsbury <laughs> so they'll send me their good books. <laughs>
1: oh, they're so awesome. Um, yeah. And what are you going to read?
0: I'm reading, I just started last night, Flirting with Fire by Kate Meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a romance set in Chicago at a firehouse where a bunch of foster siblings have grown up and all work in the firehouse together. And this one is about one of them named Luke, who's kind of a bad boy. He just got into a fist fight at a local bar. And the PR expert from the Chicago Fire Department, who are from the mayor's office, who is now in charge of wrangling him and the Chicago Fire fire department to make good on uh, their public image and they're gonna fall in love obviously because it's a romance uh and things are gonna get steamy i'm only like 40 pages in but the banter between them is really enjoyable i have high hopes Uh, it's my first time reading Kate meter but i think this one's gonna be fun awesome yeah so that does it for us today thanks Again, to our sponsors, Feverborn by Karen Marie Moaning. You can go to FeverbornBook.com for more information or look for it wherever books are sold or just click on the link in the show notes. Thanks also to Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 30-day trial with your 24-7 t-shirt bra and wrangle your Thunderdomes into happiness. If you have something to say to us, you can drop us a line at books at bookriot.com. On Twitter, I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y, Liberty is Miss Liberty and if you've got a minute if you could rate or review the show on iTunes it lets us know how we're doing and most importantly it helps other book lovers to find their way to all the books
1: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books today we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter
0: Woo-hoo. Woo, happy reading happy reading